0: go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Mr. Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. how you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, what have we got going on today?
1: And today we are going to be reviewing. We're going to be getting very serious. We're going to be reviewing Todd Phillips' new movie, The Joker. And, uh, well, fuck, let's just get into it. Forever alone in a crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur wears two masks, the one he paints for his day job as a clown and the guise he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as The Joker, directed by Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, and Mark Marin.
0: One thing that uh, anyone can seem to notice about Joaquin Phoenix's character in this film is that he has plenty of time to reflect. Anyway. He's no Ben Affleck. Um, I decided to not see this movie. I decided to actually just make a judgment on it Oh, really? Based off of articles and- uh, Hearsay? And hearsay opinions, you know. Ab- also and based- media of- outrage? Yes, and based off of people who have also not seen the movie themselves, but did a review for them. And pushing fear? Yes, absolutely. Just like no film school? And also, I was afraid to, uh, you know, go to the movie, because so I, w- I thought I might get shot. Like, back in 2012, I did take the risk, the day The Dark Knight Rises came out, which was immediately, like, hours after the Aurora shooting, I still, you know what? I, I don't think it could happen right, and I went there. You know, I was a little terrified for the sake of the children. Don't go oh see this God. movie. So, but this time, you know what? I had to listen to my instincts and say no. I I, I have to make a stand. I'm
1: going to give in to the fake outrage and and uh, the 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 media the the fear mongering that the media is throwing out there. Yes. Okay. All right.
0: All right. Now, let's throw that bullshit to the side. <laughs> All right. So. Hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: I, that was good because Joe is re- referring to an article that I read for our Compelled show. So if you go over to. YouTube.com, and or if you are on YouTube.com, or if you're listening to this through the podcast, go over to our couple of average Joe's channel on YouTube and look for our. Or at some point, we'll post us. Uh, look for the Joker uh, Compelled. Yeah, because it's such a uh, no pun intended. It's it's a joke. Yeah, the guy never went to the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And the article, like when I looked at the article the first time, it was on my Facebook p- feed, and it said. And I quote, fuck this movie. And it was this entire article about how he was never going to see the movie because of this and this and this and this. Yeah. But he reviews the movie without ever seeing it, basing with, it off of Deadspin's movie review.
0: With that attitude, even if he did eventually go see the movie, um, he would- He said be, he would never see the movie. People say shit all the time. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. But even if he did end up seeing the movie, he wouldn't be able to see it through the proper eyes anyway. You know, he he's already had his mind set on what this movie represents, what it's going to be. So yeah, he's attached a stigma mm, to this movie. Yeah,
1: you know, and and mm. I look to be fair, I have
0: too. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, you asked me straight up, can you watch this movie without being swayed or without without the um, what did you say judgmental? I think uh, yeah, without judgment on preconceived notions. There you go. Yeah, uh, on uh, on what 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 Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix is doing, and I said honestly, no, I can't. Mm. Because I have. I, You're like the a image, purist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a purist. And the image that I have in my mind and the way that Joker has been formulated properly over the years, you discount a lot of the bullshit. But the way that the, jo- the Joker, the way that the Joker, <laughs> God, the way that the Joker has been created at the beginning, and I'm not talking about the 70s where he became this soft, washed out character that was only pulling pranks and telling bad jokes because. Of the Comics Code. Well, mm. by the way. Hmm. And then all of a sudden in the 80s, he became, he went back to his normal self. Yeah. This mass murdering, psychotic clown. Yeah, like the Dark Knight Returns. Well, not like the Dark Knight Returns. I'm talking about before the Dark Knight The Dark Knight Returns takes place after all of that <clears throat> when, when they're older. Talking about all the stuff that happens in between that. And, and it seems that we're going through that whole same cycle anyway with this. But it's become PC culture. Instead of Comics Code Authority or or whatever you want, yeah,
0: it's uh, it, you know what? It, I mean, I guess for some people, it's easy for them to fall into all that hoopla of hoopla <laughs> of, of of prejudging a film before it comes. Like if you think of um, the Last Temptation of Christ, hoopla! you know, oh my God, people were ready to just kick that film right in the dick you know without seeing it and you know what it, it's it's me being an understanding person but i'm also a movie guy it's hard to give uh credence to people like that like because you know it's like on one hand i understand like say with the last temptation of christ where you have um religious people and they they have a specific belief they and they truly believe it right that any kind of uh, thing, any deviation from their own, you know, quote-unquote truth, is sacrilegious to them. It is an insult to them. So, I understand why they're like that. Problem is, is that when you've closed your mind off too much like that, you can't even notice that. Hey, it's just a film. It's just someone's art. But to them, their mind isn't closed, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and so it's like you can't even really you can't even have a debate with with people that are like that because it's just it's a it's it's like uh, arguing with a drunk person, right? <laughs> you just huh. I find
1: this very interesting that Martin Scorsese, who says that this is not a film, was initially attached to project to the project project to the project as a producer. Yeah. Huh.
0: Um, you know what? I look, I, I, I'm not worried about what he has to say. I mean, he he comes from a different time period. He has a certain perspective on things, and I, I, I it doesn't affect the what, me seeing his movies, and it doesn't affect the movies that he's being judgmental of because I'm I'm I didn't come from where he came from, so it doesn't bother me. It didn't say like he's they're pieces of shit. He just doesn't think that they're cinematic. It's look, it's it's I'm not gonna say it's fake news. It's just sound bites. Yeah, you know.
1: Somebody asked him his opinion, and they went, "Oh my God, yeah, that's controversial." Mm-hmm. It's not.
0: Yeah, trying to make he, something he has out a of fucking
1: nothing. opinion because yeah, he, he's a filmmaker. He's allowed to have an
0: opinion. Yeah, you know. Whatever. So so yeah, I and look, I remember when when we first heard that this was being done. Uh, I know you were like, "Oh, this is going to be a piece of shit," and I was I was pretty much on the same lines with you at first as well because I mean, it's DC, Warner Brothers, and they keep ruining everything because um, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And it's just like if every once in a while, it's like what we keep saying, they keep throwing shit at the wall and hoping that something will stick. Well, if you keep throwing shit, then it doesn't really matter if it sticks or not. Right. It's still shit. And uh, so with this one, it just seemed like, Oh, well, they're going to do a Joker solo film and there's not going to be any Batman in it. It's just going to be Joker. Okay. Well, it sounds like they're just going the Sony route like Venom, you know, and not honoring the source material. And it just, this is going to be a complete and total utter failure. Something changed though. Uh, when we when we when I started seeing the trailers for the movie, I uh, my I had a hopefulness, a reluctant hopefulness, but I still had one. Like this looks like it's well done, and hopefully it knows what to do with itself, you know. And it would seem like an odd pick to have someone like Todd Phillips, who is known for all of his raunchy comedies to be doing something as serious as, as as this film looked to be. But I'll tell you what, it, you go into this thing and this movie has so much restraint and so much control of itself and its source material and everything that it rarely ever tries to over-grandize itself. Is that the right word? I think it, it never tries to um, be this huge spectacle. Instead, it's just, it's telling a story and it, 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 it has so much control where it, It can focus on one character and occasionally there's other, you know, outside influences, but they're they're never too overwhelming. The Batman connections is what I mean. The Batman connections are never so overwhelming that they derail the film. Um, I do have a couple problems, which we will get into um, with the Batman connections, but otherwise, this movie is so goddamn controlled when it didn't, you know, if you had another person directing it or something, um, there's a huge chance that this could have gotten just stupid, you know. You know, it just... You know, like watching um, Gotham, for example, where Gotham just kept having to keep, you know, adding another connection to Batman, and oh, this is connected, and these guys did this, and you and, know, and it's like, dude, no, fucking tell a story and quit trying to, you know, member this type of shit to it. So this is a character study movie. This is Joaquin Phoenix falling into madness every day with his with his life, with his suffering, um, the the lack of happiness and hope and everything, and it just turns out that he becomes the Joker like the movie doesn't rely on the fact that he's going to become joker you just know it's gonna end up beginning there but it's all about the journey to him becoming the joker and that's what works so well with this movie is that it doesn't have to keep um uh, giving you some big giant moment every few minutes like a, like most superhero movies are instead it just it stays grounded and it keeps, telling the story. It keeps following Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck character as he's going through the motions of, of daily life and, and just how difficult it is for him. And um, there's not a lot of actors I don't think that could have delved as deeply into this this role as Joaquin Phoenix has. Uh, you know, maybe Christian Bale, which would be weird because he played Batman, of course. <laughs> but um, then there's a few others, like I, I could see maybe possibly Benedict Cumberbatch or you know, um, maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman, if he ever let the heroine get him thin enough. But otherwise, uh, you know, there's not too many. And the fact that this is what I appreciated about his character so much about his performance is that the whole time I was watching it, I never once thought of comparing him to Heath Ledger, to Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, anybody. I, 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 Dude, Joaquin Phoenix just had me see a whole nother version of Joker And, uh, you know, even like, I mean, I never had a huge problem with Jared Leto's Joker. I didn't care for him very much because he tried to be too many different things at once, but I didn't even, you know, it, it, but this performance is so goddamn good that it makes Jared Leto look like a fucking weirdo, just this weirdo that. That doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and and that's hard to say because I, I appreciate that guy's effort into putting into becoming a you know doing it, a character. It but.
1: showed what they didn't. What um, uh, David Ayers, is that yeah, the guy that directed Suicide Squad, yeah, it showed how much David Ayers did not understand the character yeah. of the Joker, mm-hmm. and makes me appreciate this movie more, yeah. and and it makes me want to rate Suicide Squad lower than we did, yeah, because. Well, I mean, I already have problems with it, especially like with Killer Croc. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. And his head looking huge while his body didn't. Yeah. You know, there was no there was yeah. no conformity with that whole character. It was all neck and no body. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and I, with that movie, I mean- That movie was a huge illusion. You know what I mean? Because you were finally seeing these characters that you thought you might never see on the big screen. And you see them and then...
1: But unless you're a fan... Yeah. Unless you're a fan of Suicide Squad or these Mm -hmm. specific characters that were in Suicide Squad, nobody gives a shit. Like literally you didn't even give a shit whether or not those characters were in the movie to begin with because you're not...
0: Yeah, it was, was, you know what it was? It was like, okay, well, you know, Marvel did Guardians of the Galaxy with the outside of the box thinking, so... Ooh, okay, the Warner Brothers is gonna try their own shot at outside the box. Yeah, so monkey see monkey. Do. Yeah, so let's see how well they do with it. And at first I at first I was more into that movie, and then I went back and watched it again. I was like, this movie isn't really that good, <laughs> you know? And this is what, what Joker is as well. Joker is outside the box thinking where they don't have to make this huge spectacle superhero movie. Instead, it's very, very, like I keep using again and again, restrained and controlled, um, even more so than say like Logan was. And Logan is like one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. I, I I love that fucking movie because it's, it, it doesn't overdo anything. Um, and, but this one, it doesn't even try to do any any even even the any superhero stuff. None. I, I can you even think of anything superhero related that happens in this movie? No. Not yeah. It, 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 this could have been anybody. This could have been a Martin Scorsese film. Um and and you just took the title of Joker off there and the clown masks and and you know, and of course the you know, Thomas Wayne, <laughs> right? The the name of Thomas Wayne. And Gotham City and Arkham, you know, hospital, and then you take all those stuff out, and this could have just been a character study film about just some guy going crazy, right? And that's it. Like a, almost like a, um, a a modern day, not a modern day, but an updated version of Taxi Driver in a way, right? So that's what this movie is. It, it's, that's why it's so good is that it just uses the Joker as a, uh, what do you want to call it? A template to it. And then, but it doesn't need the Joker. Like this movie doesn't need him to be the Joker. It, it needs him to be a character. It needs him to be a human being that we can pay attention to and that we can sympathize with because of all the shit that he keeps going through on a daily basis. And then, and then, of course, we're f- more forgiving because he's the protagonist of the film who becomes the antagonist, the ultimate antagonist, right? Um, but we're still on his side because that's who the camera's following throughout the entire film. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix, man, he brings this, this different level of, of just multi-layered like, acting ability, this talent where you know, like, he, even when he's laughing, he, he, there's a pain in, in his laugh. You know, like he, it's hurting him as he's laughing. Um, when he has this condition with the, with the laughing and, and, um, and you know, in his interactions with people and, you know, it's like for a lot of the movie, I was thinking, I was wondering if he was like hallucinating almost every event he was going through, you know, and when it got to a point where it confirmed that one thing he was hallucinating, you know, with the girlfriend, you know, the, the, the lady that lived in his apartments, um, you know, uh, Domino, <laughs> uh, He's as he beats. Yeah. So, um, you know, when it confirmed that he had imagined his whole entire, you know, relationship with her, um, I wondered if, like, what else of the movie was going to be a complete fabrication in his own mind, like him going on the game show or the talk show with Robert De Niro's character, you know, and, but it wasn't. I mean, the second time. Yeah. And so, uh, but also, I, and I forgot to put this in my review, but this movie has a lot of uncomfortable, awkward moments. And it's great storytelling because you're feeling what Joaquin's um, character is feeling throughout the film. People don't accept him. People don't like him for the most part because he's different. And and that I mean that that that's a you know statement on society you know right there. And so when a movie makes you feel something, even if it's like anger and awkwardness and all that, and disgust, it's still making you feel something. You know. The Venom movie didn't make me feel shit. Okay. I, I liked, you know, I like Tom Hardy's performance, but that was about it. This is different. This is this is like from start to finish with just a couple little problems here and there. Um, this is a an Oscar worthy. This is an Oscar contender movie. Okay.
1: It is. He, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix did a great job. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Joaquin Phoenix. Never have. And I've said that a lot about a lot of actors. I'm not a fan of this actor. I'm not yeah. a fan of that actor. But there was moments. In fact, there was one specific, two specific moments because I just saw the other picture that was that reminded me of it. Yeah. So they're at Murray Franklin's um, show. Yeah,
0: De Niro's uh, show.
1: And he's sitting in the chair, and he has he has his hand up with a cigarette in his hand, uh-huh. and he's just got this stare, and you can see the smile of the Joker, but he's got, he's frowning. It's it's such a great it's a great picture. It's yeah. A great set piece picture, and then. He's just got this look on his face, like it was like a bored look, you know, or not amused look type of thing. Yeah, like he, you know, he's 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 thinking, but he's just not. He's he's just kind of letting things happen. He's in the he's in the present is what really what it is. Yeah, amazing picture. And then you have the other piece where he is sitting in the chair right across from from De Niro's character Murray, mm-hmm. and he's got this dead look stare in his eye, you know, and it's. Creepy and amazing all at once because you could see how fucking dead serious the character the Joker is. Yeah, this is this is the Joker that you see in comics. Yeah, this that that one scene where he did this this one moment in the movie where he's got this look, and there's several times that he has this look like he's when he's walking. Yeah, it's the Heath Ledger look, by the way, and when. You see this look. it's the real joker. This mm. is how he is. This is not you know the crazy joker that the 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 secondary face or the tertiary face that he puts on. Yeah, this is the methodical murderer joker. He knows exactly where he's going with his life, yeah, and what he's going to do next, and there there are brief glimpses of this in the entire movie where. As soon as somebody sees him or looks at him, you know, and he notices that person's looking at him, he turns on the show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He turns that switch on. It
0: reminded me of the um, the Joker from the Dark Knight Returns cartoon. Um, it reminded me of him in the insane asylum. Yeah. Where he's thinking. He's watching, you know, and then he sees the, um, where he smiles when he sees... Uh... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. The Joker is in... Is only... He, he actually is in part two, right? Like the... He's in part of part one where yeah. they, it's like at the end. He's in that's the asylum, the, that's, right? yeah. that's the part that you're talking about. Yeah, and then he smirks, and then it ends, and it says "The Dark Knight Returns, Part One." Right, right. and then okay, so you see his you see yeah. his mouth twitch. Yeah, so then you know, and you can see the elements from from the from part two with the game with the talk show and everything, right? Um, for this movie, yeah, with Murray, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that's it's it's very very similar, but it it does it in a, more of a realm of realism where. You know, in the in the cartoon, he kills the whole audience, right? Because that's what Joker does. He gassed everybody. Well,
1: he's basically starting off here.
0: Yeah. You know? So, but that's what I mean. This movie stays in the realm of of realism the entire time. I mean, every with everything. I don't think there was any time that I can think of in the in the movie where it went to a, a point where it's impossible. Like you could never see this actually happening in real life in a way. You know. So all of it seemed like the, realistic to a point. You know. So. Uh, what I liked also is I don't always catch on metaphors in, in these movies you know um, sometimes I miss certain things and sometimes you notice them I don't but what I definitely noticed was because I was really into his character was that for most of the film every time he was leaving somewhere or going to somewhere he was always walking uphill he was always walking upstairs except for one shot yeah no 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 except for one
1: shot that you missed uh-huh. where he's walking to his apartment uh-huh. so at the beginning he's always walking uphill yeah and then And when he's walking home, it's downhill.
0: Yeah, because it's almost like it's a safe zone in a way. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and then throughout... But then it's all upstairs. Yeah. But then all of a sudden when he starts to embrace becoming the Joker, you know, becoming this guy who's finally like uh, drowning himself in the madness and he starts to like open up and become happier, you know, um, all of a sudden he's wearing brighter colors. He's walking downstairs. He's dancing. He's... He's more energetic, and it, it it's it's sick and twisted, but it's perfect for someone like the Joker. I don't think it's sick and twisted. I think it's just compared to real life. No, well, to a person, is it person in real life? If a person starts embracing their madness instead of finding a way to try to you know fix it, and and well, define madness. Uh oh God, I don't know. All the, <laughs> how do I define all the layers of madness? Uh yeah, I'm not uh, asking you to define yeah, the layers a, of madness. A, a twisted said, sense of reality. I uh, said define madness. Um not layers. I
1: yeah. You know, I madness is what is literally we could all be insane yeah. and the people that are quote unquote insane yeah. are the ones that are living in the real world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I for him. I don't. I don't necessarily see. And don't take this the wrong way. I don't necessarily see it as madness. Mm-hmm. He was on medicine. We don't know what he was diagnosed at, with or anything else like that. We know that he got hit in the head and something happened, right? Yeah. And now he's he's taking this medicine to dull him. Yeah. To make him normal. To make him. In kind of like Ridling. And and the well, yeah, exactly. I, I will, I will go, I will go right with that. But what I'm seeing in this movie, as we are talking about themes, in fact, I have the Wikipedia up, and it actually is sitting on themes. Is this is a social commentary on on the drudgery of life? Yeah. He's taking this medicine that keeps him average, that keeps him down. That keeps him from not necessarily succeeding, but moving up the social ladder, as it were. Yeah. From from achieving.
0: Grasping his potential. Yeah.
1: So, achieving or grasping his potential.
0: And- from there,
1: once he stops taking this medicine once he stops drinking the kool-aid as it, as it were <laughs> yeah all right all of a sudden his life starts to have meaning all of a sudden things start to turn for him I'm not I'm not talking about you know he has to make things happen for this to for for him to ascend you know what I'm saying yeah but this is a like I said this is a social commentary on, in order for you to get out of where you are, you need to make things happen. Yeah. And then you need to stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. You need to stop worrying about this or that, or, or trying to get one up on somebody or anything else like that Yeah. and grab what you can and push yourself to get out of where you are. Now, wait a minute, this
0: movie didn't make you want to get a gun and start shooting up a a, a hospital or anything. Didn't make you want to commit acts of violence out in public. You saw it in a different way. Why would I do that? (laughs) Oh, you. Because you're a rational thinking person who can go watch a movie and be—I I think most people are rational thinking yeah. person people. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's just so stupid. I, I, you know what I mean? I, I, the, the, the fact that the, the things that people have to say about a movie like this, you know, like, do they even know who the Joker is? Well, what really bothers me is this bullshit. Uh, oh God, I, I'm already reading what's already in
1: parentheses. Oh, uh, some writers have expressed concern that Joker's sympathetic portrayal of a homosexual Maniac could inspire real-world violence, such as Richard Lawson of Vanity Fair. By the way, don't ever go to Vanity Fair's website, because you only get three or four views a month, oh. and then they want you to pay for it, just like, oh, I don't know, the piece of shit New York Times. Or Washington Post. So, fuck you, Vanity Fair, and fuck everything about you. You're garbage, you're a bunch of Hollywood elitist douchebags, and I will never, ever, ever... Ever pay for your content? Yeah, because you know why that same writer is pushing his bullshit on Yahoo, and everybody else is picking up on it Mm -hmm. and commenting about it on YouTube. So really, it's worthless. Finish this. Finish his quote. Uh, Found the film was too sympathetic towards "quote unquote" white men who commit heinous crimes, and that the social politics. Good job, Mike, Mm -hmm. and that the social politics ideologies. Represented in the film are, quote-unquote, evils that are far more easily identifiable to people who shoot up schools and concerts and churches, who gun down the women and men they covet and envy, who let loose some spirit of anarchic animus upon the world. There's almost a woebegone mythos placed on them in search
0: of answers.
1: Shut up. Shut the fuck up.
0: Up. This is one of those guys that also probably believes that Marilyn Manson is responsible for the Columbine shooting. This,
1: is, uh, this, is the, this guy rose to prominence as an entertainment writer for Gawker. What happened to Gawker?
0: They got sued, didn't um,
1: they? Hulk, got sued Hulk Hogan? into
0: fucking oblivion. Didn't Hulk
1: Hogan destroy them? Not yeah, not not just Hulk Hogan. And is currently the chief critic for Vanity Fair. <laughs> he also has a young adult novel. All we can do is wait. Well,
0: it's good that the man has options.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a young adult yeah. novel, which nobody reads. Yeah, I, what oh what God, garbage? Man. White men who commit heinous crimes. Why can't we just fucking have movies? So what if the Joker was a black man? Yeah. Oh, well, then that's acceptable because he's a black man who's committing the same crimes as the Joker or a Mexican guy or Latin guy or whoever, Spanish guy,
0: Puerto Rican guy, Chinese guy,
1: Japanese, Indian. you
0: call him a bloker. Ugh. Ugh. I know. And then if he was Mexican, it'd be Joker. (laughs) All right. Does it really... I, I mean... This is what people, this guy's getting paid to write this shit. He makes money. This is his job.
1: Who shoot up schools and concerts and churches because these are evils that are far more easily identical mm. to people that do that stuff. Are you kidding me? Like, this guy completely missed the fucking message of this movie. Oh, absolutely. Which is, first and foremost, it's a movie based on a comic character. Yes. That's the most important message. That is. And secondly, it's a movie based on the ills of society and a man who is completely broken Yeah, that gets... It's even more broken as they shut down social services and he has no access to medicine or medical help
0: at all. So the movie is in a way making a political commentary about the system and the way it is. And someone like this from Vanity Fair, they don't want people to rebel and fight against the system, right? Because... No, instead we're supposed to just shut up and, and, and keep accepting things as the, as the way that they are.
1: Yeah, and one of the most amazing scenes in this movie is when the Joker finally ends up having to defend himself and shoots those two, those three Wall Street guys. Yeah. And it's all caught on tape. They all worked for Wayne Enterprises, by the way. So what? I'm just like you know. I, I know that. I, well, I mean, you're. I got to learn that you are not just telling that to me or telling it to other people.
0: Um. You notice how they didn't show thomas wayne as a as an antagonist nor as a protagonist they showed him as just like almost like matter of fact like you didn't know if he was a good person or a bad person you just he just had his own views on things and and you know he's just protecting his son and you know you're fucking crazy stay away from me you know what i mean he never they never show him being really malicious but they also don't show him being like uh you know hopeful like like say the brute say like the thomas wayne that was in batman begins you know Trying to fix the city. Trying to save people. That's his character. That's what he's been trying to do. Uh-huh. I know. I'm saying in this movie. That's this,
1: exactly what he tried
0: to do in this movie. I know, but it, it, it was he was done in a way that seemed very ambiguous. Like, it, it didn't...
1: I don't think it was ambiguous at all when he said that everybody... You're all fucking trash. That's not really ambiguous. You're all a bunch of loser, trash, junk, and we're going to we're going to cleanse the city and and make it make it great again.
0: It's almost like he was Rachel al Ghul.
1: Almost like he was Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what what I'm trying to say with the whole. Like, I, I, you interrupted me when I was Sorry. trying to make a point, and I forgot where I was. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? Uh,
0: white men who commit heinous crimes? Beyond that. I don't think Richard Lawson can get beyond that. No, you were
1: making a point about Richard Lawson and, and how the system is is uh he doesn't you don't want the system to be challenged in any way. Yeah. Oh, and uh, that's where I was at with the, the the three guys that were gunned down, the three Wall Street guys, the, the Thomas Wayne guys, yeah. which was all caught on camera. He was defending himself and then he decided one guy escaped and he could have let him escape, yeah. but he didn't. He shot him in cold blood. Uh-huh. And that's the turnaround point. That like any other person who had defended themselves in a situation like that yeah. would, wouldn't would have done that wouldn't have shot that guy in cold yeah. blood in the back but the Joker decided that well Joker Arthur Joaquin Phoenix his character yeah. decided that he couldn't take anymore that yeah, he was done. Um, I, w- I want to point this out. So Chauncey Robinson from People's World is uh, the official successor to The Daily Worker, a Marxist and American leftist national daily online news publication founded by activists, socialists, communists, and those active in the labor movement in the early 1900s. Okay. Uh, It's a commie rag. (laughs) So this is what a commie rag wrote. The film walks a fine line between exploration and validation of Joker's character and is ultimately an in-your-face examination of a broken system that creates its own monsters. That's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. Hey, sometimes the commie clock uh, strikes right twice a day. (laughs) But,
1: uh, yeah, look, I- Damn it, dude. Fucking Hollywood left. Um- Let's see, uh, Jim Garrity of the National Review wrote, he was worried that a certain segment of America's angry, paranoid, emotionally unstable young men will watch Joaquin Phoenix descending into madness and a a desire to get back at society by hurting as many people as possible and exclaim, finally, someone understands.
0: So let me get- Fuck I just, I just, just,
1: look. That was, you know what, that's probably, this was probably taken out of context because it wasn't given- like, most of these were, were are taken out of context, so we don't know what the whole entire, but I won't go to Vanity Fair and I won't
0: read their fucking review of this shit, so far. Just them. to call out the hypocrisy of these people that write this shit, I, let's do a what if. Well,
1: we're also pulling quotes. I
0: know. I, I, let's so just, I, you, I'm you talking have about to be the, careful about what you I know. say. I'm talking about the Vanity Fair type, type. Let's do this same exact movie, but have a black guy play the Joker. Now, how much do you want to bet that if a black dude played the Joker that it would be a different completely different perspective that they would have on this and it would they would say oh it's because the system did this to him. It's kind of like, you know, how pretty much what uh, uh, Chauncey Robinson said, right? About the film, you know, uh, from People's World. Um, the comic, right, right. Yeah, right. But instead, it would be this really supportive thing and would talk about, oh, the white world's oppression of this, this black dude, and he becomes the Joker. And it's, uh, it's understandable, it's tragic, but yet justifiable. In this, in the context of, of his world, I
1: don't know if they would. I don't know if that's how it would go with that.
0: But you, would you, if you saw that though, if it was, if they actually did do that, would you be surprised? No,
1: I wouldn't. Uh, I'm very rarely surprised anymore in terms of anything that anyone says mm-hmm. against you know uh, anti-white culture or anti-culture in terms of anybody else. But you know what? You're right. I th- I'm thinking about it. And then um, there's a couple of people out there that if you would if you were to do that, basically, they would say that's tokenized black guy. yeah. And the problem with that being that's pushing an agenda, you know? Yeah. And in this one, there's probably an agenda being pushed. I'm just ignoring it right yeah. now. But the agenda being pushed outside of it is things like Richard Lawson of Vanity Fair and this National Review bullshit where everything that's being written, I'm not, gonna okay, let me go back on that, where all the bullshit that's being written about the Joker for people that haven't seen the movie yeah. from people that haven't seen the movie is fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. And that's pushing an agenda. It's, it's the equivalent of the social justice warrior stuff that's going on with Star Wars where they're saying- don't go see this movie, don't feed into the system, because this movie is doing nothing but pushing the white agenda and the white people problem with everything that's going on and them fighting back. Where it's that's And that's what it feels like. Yeah. But I mean, here it is right there, White Men Who Commit Heinous Crimes Yeah. by Richard Lawson. Yeah. He wrote that. Uh-huh. So it's easy for me to just infer that that's exactly where they're going with it, because it seems like... People that have not seen this movie that are writing about this movie and the injustices about this movie are talking exactly the same way, which is white men who commit canist crimes, who shoot up schools and concerts and churches, who gun down the women and men they covet and envy, who let loose some spirit of anarchic animus upon the world. (laughs) There's almost a woebegone mythos placed on them in the search for answers, which means that they are put on a pedestal and they are lauded as heroes. And this movie is not putting the Joker on a pedestal. Well, it is... But only for the people that are disenfranchised. For people that are watching this movie, it's horrific to watch. Yeah. Because if you were, have ever been involved in a riot, I've never been. No. I've seen one. I've seen one myself. But I've never been involved with it. I, I, and I, I saw the aftermath of that dude getting hit in the head when he was dragged out of his truck. Reginald Denny. Yeah. And I, I couldn't... I, I Yeah. The name was right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. That was a fucking horrendous thing. I. That was horrific. This is just as horrific as that. Yeah. Because it shows a city, and I've already done this a hundred times, it shows a city just like New York was in the late 70s, mid 70s, late 70s, and 80s, where it was porn theaters. Like I, I said this in, in the uh, Compelled. There there was a poster for a movie called Ace in the Hole. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious, and I almost burst out laughing out loud. <laughs> Because I was wild I just had this big old smile on his face. And of course, then I, f- I see the fucking Mark Maron thing, and you weren't sitting next to me. Y- your uh, Dingus was sitting next to me yeah. on one side, and Mingus was sitting on the other side. So
0: you have such a high opinion of my children.
1: No, Dingus and Mingus are terms of affection. I call that to my niece and nephew all the time. Um. So so I, I was gonna turn to you and go, "Oh, that's Mark Marin, but you weren't there, so I had to turn to Mingus, and and I looked at him. I went, "That's Mark Maron." And he just he, I know he looked at me like I don't give a fuck <laughs> and I, I know I told you that story In the yeah, theater But yeah. that's exactly what he I know that I know he did that I, I don't care who that is I don't even know Who fucking Mark Maron is And he yeah. said that As soon as we get out He's like I don't even know Who Mark Maron is I'm like He interviewed the president Of the United States Like four years ago Five years ago I don't know who that is I was nine <laughs> Yeah Fuck it So that's That's where I'm getting on With this movie Is that You know Do I agree with everything That Todd Phillips says Is, is this movie is the reason why he Oh about comedy yeah why
0: he doesn't want doesn't want to do comedies anymore.
1: I, I think certain people in comedy are going to be affected by this culture. Like people like Patton Oswald aren't. Yeah.
0: Because he knows how to walk the line, that progressive line, that right. th- that liberal line where right. he doesn't anger anybody on that side enough to to get you know in their crosshairs.
1: Yeah, and and the one guy that we haven't talked about was the kid that got fired from SNL for calling people chinks. Uh-huh. And I don't agree I don't agree with firing him. I agree with chastising him, uh-huh. you know and giving him a chance because everybody deserves at least a chance yeah. to explain or apologize whatever. I, I don't care about apologies. apologies are useless. They're all these boilerplate bullshit things. But to be honest about it, you know in a way because he says, you know, I'm a comic and comics push push line push. To the line. Yeah. Well, no. They push the border. They push the line. They push the boundaries. Yeah. And I I don't know. I mean, saying chink and, you know, calling somebody a chink or a chink Jew or the N-word or anything else like that, that's not pushing boundaries anymore. That was done in the 50s. That was done with Lenny Bruce. That was done with Richard Pryor. It was done with George Carlin. You're not pushing boundaries. You're it's you, a modernized it's, taboo. I, I, no.
0: It is. It, it, Mainstream-wise, it is a modernized taboo.
1: I don't think so because you have Quentin Tarantino using the N-word all the time. Yeah. All the time and and very few people have problems with it. Just the extremists, just mm-hmm. the ones that don't and appreciate it. <laughs> that's what I mean, the extremists, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. And if 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 that's the way we're going to be- you know, this is okay, but this isn't okay. Yeah. Well, you,
0: now you don't know where the line is drawn. There is actually a part of me, not a large part of me. Uh, there's, a, there's plenty of parts that, that are large, but you know what I mean. Not your penis. <laughs> no, no. My nose and my penis, are they're not affected by my, 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 yeah. my, my gigantism. So anyway, I have sympathy for Richard Lawson of of, of Vanity Fair because wow. a person like that is probably never going to see things as they really are and he he is trapped in in his own political BS and uh, to, to I mean someone who writes words like that is always going to be angry and always going to be disapproving. Of things that aren't going the same way that he, that he you know believes they should go. Why would you have sympathy for a person that? Uh, just a question. I, I, I knew would, yeah, and you and I knew you were going to fucking ask me that too. What? What was? What was the question? I knew you were going to ask me. Why would you give a fuck? What that that, that person? Why would you care ab- about that person at all? About a person after, you don't know. Who right? Because it's in a it's a it's a general statement on him and people like him. I feel sorry for them because they have labeled themselves and trapped themselves of uh, into thinking only one specific way that fits with trendy bullshit and right. political
1: bullshit. But my question is, uh. is why? I mean,
0: I'm not trying to be a dick.
1: I, I understand why. Why? Why? Why do you feel pity or sorry? Why would you care? Who cares? Is that, I mean. Does it affect your life in any way?
0: Only when we're doing this. It doesn't. Only when we're talking about it. No, it doesn't even affect it then. It's as long just as some as it's just, as just as some it quote. As long as it doesn't as long as it doesn't create a crowd that's blocking me from getting into a movie theater, you know? As long as it's not affecting the cost of my movie tickets or my ability to be able to buy a movie ticket, then I don't generally care. But we have a job here. And our job here is to talk about things. And one of the things we're talking about is people like that, like Richard Lawson.
1: But again, I'm going to say... yeah. He's not important. No. Just because we're talking about him doesn't mean anything. He doesn't affect our lives one way or the other.
0: Okay. Well, even if he's not a part of our lives, he still exists and he's writing things that are getting- I didn't say- I, I said he doesn't affect our lives. And he's writing things that are that affect people because some people buy into this shit- Okay. And it's just sad that someone like this sees things this way. Or what if, what if, this is even more fucking twisted. What if he doesn't see things this way, but he knows this is the only way that he can can push articles out. And so he has to do it this way. I don't, I don't care. Who was it that um, just said, came out? It was, um, I think it was uh, Joe Rogan. He said he felt sorry for, um, for journalists nowadays because they can't write the truth. Anymore, they have to write what toes the proper you know political line. Otherwise, they're gone. So they have to you know.
1: I, I don't feel sorry. For, see, I don't I don't buy into that nonsense. I don't, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because if you want to be a journalist, you better write the truth. Yeah, and if your company is telling you to pound sand and write it this way, then you need to stand up for yourself and either find another place that will accept what is. The truth, yeah, and you know, or what you know, real journalism or. Write your own Now I, I've heard that There are plenty of ways To get online There are plenty of places To go To start your own blog Yes To write What is considered Your truth Yeah Based on facts And information Gleaned Yeah And you can make A good living at it If you do it right yeah. And the truth of the matter Is is that there's no excuse For people that That are journalists That use that As an excuse Yeah Well my my job requires me That I have to Toe the company line Fuck your job That's why I left a couple of my jobs because we're not allowed to do this we're not allowed to do that but the company is doing it illegally and I can't work for a company that treats its employees like fucking shit Uh and does illegal things
0: I'd like to think that I'm open-minded enough to hear different sides of the argument on this film even though there shouldn't be I don't think there should be any argument on this movie the only argument I think there should be is should little kids see it because it's a joker movie and they no. say no. No, it's an R rated movie. Yeah. So I don't think anyone probably under the age of 12 11 or 12 should see this film. I mean,
1: um, I, I I don't you know what thinking back on when when we were growing up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I was
1: watching Friday the 13th and the beast within and, and Escape from New York when I was 12 and 13 years old. I
0: watched Sleepaway Camp when I was 5. Yeah, so, well, that's, you know. Yeah, I know. I, the, <laughs> the funny part about that is my mom, a few years later, that's when, like, when I started listening to rap music, like like gangster rap, that's when she started cracking. She's like, I never should have with all of this, th-, you know, and like, well, it's too fucking late. You yeah, because
1: get- gangster rap is going to cause you to become a fucking, a thuggy, shoot 'em up crip or blood.
0: Hey, she was raised to believe things a certain way, you know? And she was raised to believe in... And that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. And that's so... It's, and, and I'm
1: not saying your mom was a problem. What I'm saying is that that's the problem. Part of a system. Yeah. Part of the system. You. This is the way that she was... They were raised to believe mm-hmm. this. So, you know... It's it's like the um, it's like these fucking cigarette ads. So now they're going after the jewel pods, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, and vaping. Yeah. And this this fucking company called uh, I don't know. It's Truth. The movement against juuling. Animals are speaking out. So they're using these stupid ads. You know, where it's no, it's no secret that cigarettes kill people, but big tobacco products kill pets too.
0: <laughs>
1: anti-vaping, truth, anti-vaping.
0: I would say my only real problem with vaping at all that I, cause I don't know how dangerous it could, could be for lungs. You know, if they've done their tests, I don't think they've finished doing testing on it. But uh, my only problem is, is that People, young people introducing themselves to concentrated amounts of nicotine and or marijuana or or both um, is I I wonder what the long term effects are going to be because I've seen like like these vape pens that have, you know, high amounts of nicotine or like weed in them. It. Like, fuck, dude. Uh, What's that going to do? You know, I don't inherently see a problem with vaping when you have adults who can make decisions for themselves. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm I'm 100% fine with that. Uh, My only problem is, you know, is uh, seeing young people. But you know what? They're going to do whatever they want to do anyway. So I, I don't know. All I know is we look. We live in a an ex, in a, an extreme, exaggerated society now, where everything's concentrated. Our news is concentrated. Information is concentrated. Our sugar is concentrated. Salts, flavor enhancers, Juice. marijuana. Everything is concentrated now. So we're all being subjected to higher doses of things than what our bodies can handle and are used to. And so now, when you're born into this shit, like our young people are now, imagine them being. Introduced to these high levels of things, of concentration. That's fucking scary to me. What is going to happen down the road? Hmm. I mean, look at diabetes. Diabetes is higher than it's ever been recorded in people. Uh, high blood pressure and other things. So imagine what's going to happen with higher levels of um, concentrated um, THC that people are going to be consuming um, on a daily basis, um, like way higher than say when I used to smoke the chronic back in '92 or some shit, right? Where this stuff is hundreds of times more potent. You know, kind of like uh, what's that shit now? The 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 uh, not the oxycodone, but even the ketamine or The whatever that shit's called, that's like way higher, um, like a hundred times more potent than regular heroin. That uh, artificial shit. Um, so that is, that, that, that is scary to me. And that's why, you know, I, 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 but I don't know what you do because these companies are making money off this shit. So, and people are buying it. I just hope that there's a way that, that people look, you know what, just as always, just like with everything, be a good parent, pay a fucking attention and teach your kids this shit. So hopefully they'll make smarter decisions down the road. And hopefully you did your job properly. Sometimes even when you did your job, right, it doesn't work out because that's life, right? That's the variables of life. So, I've already given my kids the information that they need, and now they can do whatever they want with it. They're fully aware of, of, of these things because so I've already taught them about it. Pay attention. You want to go have fun? Fine. Go have fun. Experiment down the road, but right now your brain is growing. Stay away from this shit. Try to stay away from this shit until you're done growing because... That way, then maybe, you know, because I don't want you forming your brain around that shit. You know, oh, you've seen like I've seen kids that that start smoking weed when they're like twelve years old. A lot not always, but a lot of times it becomes part of their whole persona, whole they're part of their whole life. I don't want my fucking kid to be like that. I'd rather my kid experiences life and then try shit when he's ready. You know what I mean? So, but like I said, life's full of all the variables and and you know what? there's always been dangers out there. So today I would like to say it's no different. It is different but just in other ways. I mean, but the dangers are always going to be there just like crossing the street, you know. You know, getting into a car. It there's still dangers there. So just do your part as a parent cuz all those other things are going to those those influences are always going to be there no matter what, whatever form they are. So, you know what? I don't I don't have that many regrets anymore cuz now my eyes are wide open and I just try to bestow whatever wisdom I can. That's all I can do. I have to pee. (laughs) So, Uh, My problems with the movie that I can think of off the top of my head right now is one thing, the movie does not ever meet what expectations I had built up in my head for a Joker movie to be. Um, And that's my problem. That's not the movie's problem. But yeah, I, I, I I, I just was hoping for something majorly epic to happen in this film and it never really happens. But there's payoffs throughout the film. It's just you have to look at it from a different perspective. So, like I said, my expectations were my problem. The other thing I had, and this one is critical of the film, is the Batman connections. Most of the Batman connections in this film, I was completely fine with because even when they set up something to make it look like it was going to be this predictable thing connection, it ended up not being that at all. And it was it was really cool. I was like, okay, and it didn't it never got too overwhelming with the Batman related stuff, except Zorro the Gay Blade.
1: No, even then I don't have a problem with it because they've used that before in another
0: Batman and, movie. And that's why it, it but it bothered me because look, I can see why it's important for the for this movie, for the, the Joker character to be connected to Batman. Fine. But I'm sick of them showing it because this is Joker's movie. This isn't Bruce Wayne's movie. But it has to connect them and he did it in a way uh it came out in nineteen eighty one so like I look i this is what I think. I think that it should have been way more subtle. It should have been the, you see the Waynes come out of the movie and then you see the bad you see the guy wearing the joker, you know the clown mask walking down the alley towards them. and then it should have in my opinion, it should have ended right there because you know if you're if you know anything about Batman. You already know where it's going to end up,
1: right? But there was no harm or foul in in them doing what they did. In fact, it was it was done with respect. My problem with the whole Batman-Joker thing is the Joker's 20 fucking years older than Batman, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm, that's what I'm getting tired of. Like, if you're going to do that, I mean, they should have at least had Batman five years younger than him. Uh-huh. So if the Joker, well, who, uh, who knows? I mean, like, at this point, he's fucking 40, you know? Yeah. And then they're fighting for the next 20, 30 years. Now he's going to be 60 to, he's gonna yes, yeah, between 70 and 90 years old. Yeah. Come on. I think
0: th- in this movie... Movie, uh, Joaquin's character was thirty five, and then look, you look at Bruce Wayne in this movie. He's like what, maybe ten?
1: Yeah, so 11? there's twenty five years difference. So
0: my theory is like, I don't know if they're gonna make sequels to this or not, or if it's just gonna be it's a one supposed shot. To be a sequel happening, but. What I see is he's locked up for a bunch of years in the insane asylum. And then that gives Batman time to become Batman. Th- this is why I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it because I, I don't see this movie as canon. So I-, I just see it as an alternate take, a, a different universe of-, of of ideas. And of course, there's connections, of course, to Batman and all that stuff. But I- I- I'm also more open to the differences, the changes, because we've seen this story, the, the well, not you know, the Joker story, but the, batman wayne the death of the wayne so many times and and things like that that i i actually like the the changes this time because i'm not expecting it i'm not expecting it to go like where you where you believe that it's going to go now because of what's been established in this movie where now all of a sudden you know down the road, the Joker, you know, if they do a sequel, the Joker's going to be coming out of, you know, like Batman's not going to be Batman until he's in his 20s or 30s, right? Because he has to go through all that shit. He has to go through all the training with the League of Shadows and blah, 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 right? So there's going to be this big gap of time that goes by and now there's this huge age gap between them. I'm not looking that forward and, you know, that far forward with all this shit. I'm just, I'm seeing this as almost like a one shot, you know what I mean? But it's, that's the problem. It's
1: not and and I understand what you're saying yeah uh, and i get it because you're not like me when it comes to this stuff
0: if this was the first time that they had done this and it's they're trying to make it look like established canon then i'd have a fucking problem with they
1: it they are making trying to make it look like established canon because they're moving forward with another story
0: well and look if they and they end up like and that's my problem with it i mean it's like it's like pick and choose kind of shit with canon and i and i and and,
1: and todd mm. phillips says i didn't read the comics or anything else like that but you have to understand where this character comes from yeah. in order to move the character Absolutely. forward.
0: Absolutely, and and I and I want I want to see different versions. I I'd like to see alternate. Different stuff because you know with Batman we keep going back to it. We keep seeing the same things over and over again when people tell a Batman story.
1: But and again, I mean, we did we established this fucking shit in Gotham, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And 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 the Joker is his age, and now they do this movie where he's yeah. twenty years older. And look, fix it. You know, and and the best way to fix it is he could have been delusional. Uh-huh. That's the easiest way to fix it. He saw a young kid. He saw himself. It Doesn't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Bruce. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that's easily explained. Yeah, I, I yeah. and Bruce could have been. He saw the yeah. he saw the guy standing yeah. there, and not Thomas or it's it's um he saw Penny. Yeah, he saw Alfred. You know, Uh and then he once once he goes fucking insane in the bathroom and says, you know, Dad, Uh you know, I just want to hug Dad. Yeah, you know, and then he he, if you touch my kid again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, right. I mean, he that could be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and that establishes that they're the same age.
0: Uh I you know, and I'm
1: fine with that.
0: And and look, if they do other ones, then yeah, then then they need to figure some shit out better. But I, I I hope that for me, I hope this is just a one shot deal and that's it. There's no other films, you just see Arthur Fleck become the Joker, and then he ends up in an insane asylum at the end of the fucking movie, and that's it. You know, you then you can make your own guesses as to where it goes from there, right? That's what I'm hoping with this movie. I don't want to see sequels to this film. I'd rather just be a one shot, and that's it. Yeah, well, it's making money, so there's going to be sequels. Probably. So. All right. Um, I think that's all I got. All I know is I, I've got a full bladder, and I need to let it. I need to let it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, I love this movie. We I both think love the movie, and it's great. Yeah, you know, just so. one,
1: you know, just the minor issues with it. Other yeah. than that, uh, the
0: look of it too, man, and the the cinematography, the the fucking cars, the music, the everything. Yeah. Oh, except for you know, rock and roll part two. Yeah.
1: Except <laughs> for that. But you don't even fucking notice in the movie, so it's.
0: I did. You know much. what? I I know. I there was something that felt a little bit off when I heard it because I'm like, why do I not want to hear this song? And then then the article spot. I was like, oh fuck, I forgot Gary Glitter, that piece of shit.
1: Well, right? yeah, but yeah. I didn't even like when they were playing the song. I was nah. just like. I was I was watching the movie. I was so invested in the movie at that point. I yeah, just, I wasn't really paying attention to the music. Mm-hmm. Like that shit just kind of just goes in one ear out the other. Yeah, like if there's like a tremendous score or whatever, I, I'm I'm all in. It's I'm fucking fully emotionally invested in this movie. But like once in a while, like music that I've heard a million and one times. Yeah. It's just it. It sounds like uh, peanuts.
0: Or like when you, or when you watch Suicide Squad, and they played like fucking fifty different songs you've heard a million times in it. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, we we established that, and
1: and and it's exactly the same way, and and it's such. It's such a letdown when you hear the same fucking songs over and over again. I
0: was just trying to think of like, what was the purpose of having that song in there? Because if it was going to be based off the time period, it's still wrong because that song came out 10 years, around 10 years before the movie set. So like, why the fuck did was that mo- song picked for this movie? So, so that it came out in 1971-ish? 72. The song came out in 72. So then why is it wrong? Because the movie set around 1981, 82 when the Zorro the Gay Blade came out. Okay. So that song is used as a stadium anthem. I understand, but he was—it was played while he was dancing downstairs. Okay, so it's not in the wrong era because they still use that song today. It's
1: just—I don't—they've been using that song for forty years. But why was that song picked? Because it's a stadium anthem song. That's why that song. Was I'd
0: rather—I I would have rather heard Smokey Robinson's "Tears of a Clown."
1: That would have been better. <laughs> and i don't disagree look yeah. i'm i'm not playing devil's advocate yeah. and i'm not saying that they shouldn't have used that song or they should have used that song yeah. what well, and, and i agree they shouldn't have used the gary glitter song uh-huh. i but it, it it's not it's not wrong. It's not in the wrong era. I it's just, just he's a piece of shit pedophile.
0: Yeah, I just want to hear the reasoning why it was picked. That, that, I think that's that's the biggest thing about it for me. I just want to know why because, you know, I deserve an answer. I spent I spent $12 on the ticket. <laughs> so, all right. That's all we got. You good? I'm good. All right. Go see Joker. Definitely go see this. Support the movie. Don't listen to the other critics. We're right. They're wrong. Go fuck themselves. All right, bye.